the biggest irony of this season is that a team like Buffalo doesn't get a chance to enjoy uh, their fan base in this situation. I've said it before, the Alex Smith ovation, the Teddy Bridgewater return to Minneapolis. We've gotten robbed of some really exciting moments that uh, players can get opportunities to share with fans. That's what makes it so special. Happy Monday morning, everybody. This is the Greenlight Pod. I'm your host, Chris Long. Week 14 in the NFL, I thought it sucked. I thought it was incredibly boring for much of it. There was a, a point early in the, uh, in, the, in the early slate where there was only one one-score game. So that was kind of the entertainment factor we had for much of the day. And then the, the second slate was a little bit better, but... I really just wasn't that into it. So uh, I've got Stanford Steve coming on today. We're going to talk about some of the marquee games, the Dolphins uh, and the Chiefs going at it, which was a really interesting matchup, as well as the Bucks and the Vikings. And obviously, we're going to talk some Eagles as well. And the Washington football team getting a win. So uh, although it was a good day for the NFC East, the, uh, the Darlings of late had a tough one. Um, the Giants kind of came back down to earth. So we've got Steve today. Uh, Wednesday this week, I want to give you a big heads up. We've got a real good NBA guest that's going to be dropping in. And I'll just be very vague. I think you guys are going to be excited about it. Take a guess. I don't know. I'm making you guys guess a lot lately. One more reminder, you guys, nobody has gotten uh, the guess as to who the artist is going to be on our new intro music. I'll give you one more hint. Uh, the guy's not around anymore, God rest his soul. But he uh, he is a six and a half out of 10 name recognition artist. But if you're a music head, he's a 10 out of 10. Okay, like if you're like a TikTok millennial, you might have never heard of him or you vaguely have some association with music when you hear the name but um it is an artist it is not a band that's a breakthrough i really want to send somebody to disney world if somebody gets this right you're going to disney world deceased artist all-time great name recognition sub seven according to john i've had a few people ask me i don't even know what i'm supposed to guess Maybe I'm bad at explaining things. We've only done this 40 times. Try to guess the artist who will be featured on our new intro music here very shortly. And if you do, you get to go to Disney World. You got to DM our green light Twitter account. Stop DMing me guesses. I Because I'll miss it. You could get it right. Don't come to me and be like, hey, I DM'd you. DM either the Instagram account for the podcast or the Twitter account for the podcast. It's going to take a little deductive reasoning here. It's going to take some good guesswork. It's going to take some common sense. And you got to hit your search bar uh, to find the accounts. But it's Chalk Network at Twitter.com, right? Cowboy Reed? Yep. And on Instagram, you can also find us at Chalk Network. Sounds good to me. Get your guesses in. 
If you want to go to Disney World, act like you want to go to Disney World. Holy shit. Yeah, big NBA interview coming up this week. Being vague about that. Get your guesses in. Quick update on this week's picks. Starting next week, we'll have a nice graphic so you guys can believe me when I tell you the, that, you know, the picks were in. So with the with the Sunday slate picks here, week two of this thing, yeah, we started year two of this pod, week 13 of the NFL season. It's kind of how we are. We're a work in progress. We'll have a graphic for you so you believe us, so you can take our word for it that these were the picks. But so far, why would Macon agree <laughs> to faking going 1-11? and These picks are real, folks. That's what Macon did last week, but he has rebounded this week. He went 7-6. and six. His lovely wife, Kate, went seven and six, and my household is all fucked up. Meg went five and eight. I went six and seven. Last week, me and Meg, we tore it up. We sent a message. I'll just put it that way. Week one. The Longs, we got upended this week, okay? The Gunters win, making with a seven and six rebound effort. Uh, next week, we'll have these picks out Sunday morning, so you, you guys believe me when I go 12 and 0 next week. Fantasy football, did not know I was in the playoffs. Had no idea. Thought the season was over. Was just glad I didn't go on the billboard. Another reminder, the loser of our fantasy football league is going on a billboard outside of Charlottesville. It ain't going to be me. Shout out to Mike Lewis. I didn't know I was in the playoffs, and guess what? I won today. I didn't know until Thursday. Set my lineup right on time. I don't want to say I won today. I probably just jinxed myself. I'm up 35, and he's got Jarvis Landry going uh, Monday night, and that's it. Win probability, 1%. Of attempts without a sack. Now at 272. Making 273, but he a pick. Back the other way from Buffalo. Taron Johnson will score. Touchdown, Bills. Steelers just scored 15 points against a team with a defense I've never been sold on this year. And uh, now they've lost two straight. Uh, I've seen them go toe-to-toe with the Cowboys. I've seen them lose to the Washington football team. And now this. They are trending way down. Um, they're clearly no longer the favorite. I got asked last week a lot after the Washington uh, loss. You know, I'm on NFL Next, and one of the big questions was on Amazon was, are the Chiefs now the clear favorite in the AFC? Well, at this point, because it looks to me like they're going to get the bye, they are. Uh, as I've said all along, it's all about the bye. I, you know, the Steelers are my Super Bowl team. I'm not writing them off um i'll tell you why in a little while but they're certainly not the favorite anymore um and they are trending down they clearly need to figure some things out offensively and it starts with the run game in my opinion exciting night in buffalo gosh you wish like for that fan base the biggest irony of this season is that a team like buffalo doesn't get a chance to enjoy uh, their fan base in this situation. I've said it before, the Alex Smith ovation, the Teddy Bridgewater return to Minneapolis. We've gotten robbed of some really exciting moments that uh, players can get opportunities to share with fans. That's what makes it so special, and you haven't been able to do that uh, for good reason, but it it does suck. If you're Bill's Mafia, that place would have been rocking tonight. Rocking. And for Josh Allen, who started slow, to come come on strong in the second half like that, it was all about the pick six before the half. I mean, that just crushed the Steelers. They've been playing a near-perfect game defensively. And, you know, I, I don't know if maybe Brian Dable and, and Josh would have turned it on in the second half, but what a 
win for them and what a performance in the second half and conversely what an awful loss for Pittsburgh. It was like everybody talking about your ineptitude offensively and you know the fact that you're done, stick a fork in you. This is the classic spot that a team turns around, fights back with their backs against the wall and instead what you see is Buffalo I think finally solidifying themselves as a real deal contender. Um, and a team that if they get in will be so exciting to watch and so exciting to pull for. I mean, there was a dip in the middle of the season where and a lot of it had to do with, I think, the taste in your mouth as a, as a viewer when you were watching them lose to the Titans the way they did. You said, maybe these guys aren't for real. And Josh Allen had a kind of a coming back down to earth uh, period after that first month of the season. But I don't think that dip was as long as it felt. Um, and they're back up where they need to be down the home stretch trying to win a division. Maybe that's why Eric Ebron was so excited in post game, running up to congratulate uh, Josh Allen because he hates the Patriots. I have no idea what that was. I want to shout out Brandon Pratt. He is a uh, football coach and I know him from twitter.com. Brandon Pratt won a bet, okay? He told me that the Bills are going to win. I told him the Steelers were going to win. And he told me if if he lost, he would donate to Waterboys. I appreciate that. And uh, if he if the Bills won the game, I would shout him out. So shout out to Coach Brandon Pratt. Didn't see that one coming. Honestly thought this was a good spot for the Steelers. As for the Eagles, um, the Eagles really put the Saints behind the eight ball today. And we're talking about the Steelers earlier. Similar situations today. Two teams that were in the driver's seat to get the bye, and uh, they both blew it. Packers won a division today. They own the tie break over the Saints. Uh, and the Steelers are now behind the Chiefs. And they have a tougher road ahead. You know, you still got Indy. You still have Cleveland. It doesn't look like anything's a sure thing with this offense right now. So... The bottom line is Steelers, whether they're two or whether they're four, I don't think it makes a huge difference. They're going to be in. The Eagles, they don't quit. And uh, I saw on TV today before the Bills game, they were showing a montage of Bills Mafia fans and how much you know they probably miss being at the stadium and how much we miss them. Just any NFL fan probably misses the Bills Mafia. And there was a guy that had just voluntarily covered himself in ketchup and mustard. He looked like one of the dogs from Dumb and Dumber when they get out of the car at the place. And uh, Harry is Harry's very confident that he has shampooed the dogs and that they look, they look impeccable. Uh, but much to the chagrin of the very rich lady whose, uh, whose poodles they were, they're covered in ketchup and mustard. That's what the guy looked like on the TV. And I tweeted that if the Eagles win the division... Uh, and get into the playoffs, I will do a whole pod covered in ketchup and mustard. I can't do it on these on these nice chairs. But I will I will stick to that. I had people like, well, we're going to hold you to it. I was like, I have a tattoo of a 60-year-old man on my rib cage because the Eagles won a football game. Like, a podcast with, with ketchup and mustard is not a big deal. By the way, I have to probably re- reveal that tattoo soon. But if I'm going to, if I'm going to reveal it, I've got to, I've, I don't want my like winter layer, you know, like if I got to pull my shirt off, like, or pull it up, you know, just a little bit, you want to have some abs, you know, you don't want to, right now it's, it's the dead of December, uh, this podcasting stuff, 
really gets in the way of my fitness. Uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed that looking at me sitting here in this chair. I'll show you the tattoo someday. I don't think they will do it because I think they lose to the Cardinals next week, probably. Um, but if they win out, they get in. Man, I don't mind their chances. And I've said this before. If the Eagles slide in for some reason, they can beat somebody. The Seahawks, part two, if they flip spots with Washington right now, who'd be in uh, if the playoffs started today? Of course, uh, the Eagles still have the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the uh, Washington football team. They'll have to beat those teams. If they get in, I think they stand a chance uh, against the Seahawks. I, I would, even if Carson was still playing, I think they'd stand a chance against the Seahawks. I mean, they played atrocious offensively in that game, and they were still in it until the end. Because the Seahawks are so variable, and the Eagles have a front that can disrupt Russell Wilson's timing and that sort of thing. So, uh, hey, listen, I don't think they're going to get in, but if they do, things could get weird. And like I've said, trying to sell a team like that on, hey, wouldn't it be great if we just ruined everybody's fucking weekend because nobody wants us in? Like, that's what, you're, that's what you're selling people on. Be real with that team. Just sell them on that. And then take it one game at a time. But to do that, you got to beat the Cardinals, who looked really good today. Looked really much better. And Kyler looked much better, tucking the ball and running it. Danny Dimes, patented turnover machine in action. Uh, and the Giants trying to win that division. They should probably put Colt in if, if they want to hold on to football. Because they're not a team that's good enough to overcome turnovers. Uh, that's what you got to look at if you're a team like that down the stretch right now. Like... Does the upside of Danny Dimes, and he has some upside, really outweigh uh, Colt McCoy just managing a game and handing the ball to Wayne Gallman and hoping you play good enough defense to win? And what happens to the DBs that went out today for the Eagles when you play the Cardinals next week? A healthy Kyler, a couple guys down in the, in the back end, that's going to be a tougher game than today was. So Steve's coming up, but, you know, the Saints and the and the Steelers both took steps back today, um, and they both blew it. They were in the driver's seat. They both incurred really bad losses. Obviously, you'd probably rather be the Saints right now than the Steelers. Steelers seem to be – they can't find different ways to win right now. The Saints have found a lot of different ways to win over the last few years. They couldn't find a way to win today. I'm going to talk to Steve about this, but my two cents on on the Taysom Hill thing is – you know, at the end of the game, you're looking at why I'm skeptical about the QB of the future thing. And one more time, I don't mean the QB right now. I think Taysom Hill has done an admirable job filling in. He's a heck of a football player. Um, but in the future, you will find yourself down 17 nothing to teams. And not all of them will, will be down three defensive backs. Not all of them will be three and eight. And by the way, next year, your cap's fucked up. So let's just fast forward to the end of this game. Real quick on Jalen Hurts, threw a lot of good balls today, threw one great ball to Alshon Jeffrey. He threw an, an, another nice ball or two on the sideline on the run. People are talking about, yeah, you don't, you don't call, why wasn't Doug calling rollouts for Carson? A lot of these were broken down plays, and when you're in a crisis situation, you need somebody that, manage, that can manage a crisis, and that's somebody who's athletic. I mean, the O-line is all over the place, and it's been all over the place. And when Carson was back there getting killed, this guy can run. You know, Cam Jordan noticed it a lot um, because he would take off and run sideways and 
you'd be like, damn, this is this this kid really does run like a four or five on the field too. So Doug did a great job of keeping things simple. Doug did a great job of, and the Eagles did a great job of running the football. They jumped them, and right before the half, you're thinking, all right, they're perfectly happy to just get out of the shadow of their own end, end zone up 10 nothing. They get the ball like two, three-yard line. Instead of running the ball up the middle and getting stuffed or Carson making a, a bad throw or taking a sack, which has been the thing lately, this kid finds a way with quarterback run game to get out of the shadow of that end zone. Then the next play, you know, just surviving, backed up against your own goal line, turns into an 80-yard touchdown. And yes, Miles Sanders is the best player on the field offensively for the Eagles. And today they remembered it. Great run, Kelsey with a great block, and Malcolm Jenkins can't, can't run him down. Malk also blew up a fourth down play, which was, which was great. So all in all, if you look at the throws that Jalen made in that first half, and we'll get into this with Steve, a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of easy open throws, including that long, ta- that long play to Jalen Rager, which was a lot of run after the catch. But to be fair, he delivered. That throw to Alshon was great. Threw a couple balls on the sideline that looked great. The rest of them were good, solid open throws. And I'm not going to count that against him because the other guy who you, you've been paying all that money has not been hitting the easy open throws. You know, sure, has he been under siege? Have the Eagles failed him on a level? Absolutely. But when the open throws are there, he hadn't made them. And today, Jalen hit the open throws and Jalen got them out of crisis situations with his legs. And Doug did not look excited as maybe Eagles fans were after the game because I think he knows two things. One, this was one game. The more tape you get on Jalen Hurts, just like first half to the second half, things are going to change a little bit. And by the way, I think in the second half, the best drive they had was after that big Josh Sweat sack. Uh, Josh Sweat, he knew exactly when to step up and to make that play on fourth and two. That's, that's what championship defense is. And this is, unfortunately, we'll never know the potential of this defense even down three DBs at the end of the game. They found a way. I'm not saying they're, they're an elite defense, but this defense is, has, has not gotten the credit they deserve because the offense has been so all over the place. Josh Sweat knew when to make that play, and that was huge. He had two sacks on the day. Can't understate his, the effect he's had on, on that defense, but the best drive followed that. Because it's one thing to jump the Saints, 17-0, should have been 20-0 with the Jake Elliott field goal. It's another thing entirely when you respond to getting punched in the mouth. You get a stop on fourth and two. You drive 50 yards to put them up 24-14. But the point is, for two teams that don't know the future at quarterback, I know I've just beaten a dead horse here, but this is going to happen. The Saints are going to go down. If you keep Taysom as, as your quarterback of the future... You're going to find yourself down in some games. You might be down 17-0 like you were today. And it might be against better teams than the Eagles. And it might be against teams uh, with better offensive lines. And it might be against teams uh, who aren't down three DBs. That's my point, okay? I'm not saying Taysom's not a good football player. I'm not saying that they're not a good football team right now with him and that they can't find ways to win. But this is going to change next year. Or late in the game, Taysom takes two sacks to get knocked out of field goal range, essentially, because Lutz misses the field goal. And that'd be the difference. If they had just kicked the field goal with the fumble that they created later, 
the game is totally different. Lutz missed a field goal earlier as well, but Jake missed one too. So the point is, you can't take those two sacks. You know, miss Sanders on an overthrow. Again, the two touchdown passes were, and one of them followed that overthrow, but the two touchdown passes were lobs, and they were they were great catches. And I, I'm just, guys, be real. Take off your, your homerism hat here if you're a Saints fan and realize that Sean Payton is a genius, and I think he's remarkable, and I think he wins games in amazing ways, but Sean Payton doesn't even believe that in the long term, Taysom Hill at 31 years old is going to be the answer under center unless – you're taking the cap situation into account next year and you just want to fucking, you just want to ride it out. Doug Peterson didn't seem excited after the game because he knows two things. Number one, it's just one game. We got a long way to go. Number two, the more we win with Jalen Hurts, the more complicated this gets. Doug certainly might keep his job as a result. And if they win three out of the next four games and make the playoffs, Doug should keep his job. But then you're stuck with this option next year. So it's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't know how this ends. But good start for Jalen Hurts. Um, not spectacular, but a really good start. Let's get Steve on. It feels like just yesterday that Los Angeles was lifting basketball's most coveted prize. Since then, we've introduced a new class of professional basketball players through the draft and seen a few marquee names switch teams. Luckily for us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is here to kick off the 2021 basketball season with a no-brainer for all customers, new and existing. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to get a plus 75-point spread on opening night for a shot to double your money. That's code GREENLIGHT to get a shot at doubling your money on opening night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, so I got Steve. He's back. We are uh, breaking down week 14 slate. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, that was mostly ugly, huh? There was... A lot of things that happened that I figured were going to happen. If that makes any sense. Give me, give me uh, a pretty predictable week. Um, give me one thing you I, thought was going to happen that's going to make you look smart. The Chiefs would outscore Miami. <laughs> I actually thought I was on the right side of things with the under, but um, it just it Ooh. felt it felt it felt so good for so long. It did. Uh, but then yeah. right out of the half, um, 30 to 10. Yeah. And, 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 uh, we'll get to that game in a bit. Cause I think you and I would both agree. That was the one that we were probably most excited about seeing. I mean, yeah, was, no doubt. other than the one that's on right now. And I am, uh, yep. I'm in chase mode. I'm, I'm on the Steelers. I've been on the Steelers all week, but I just doubled down, uh, and Ben just threw a pick six. So I was just screaming at the TV. Um, by the way, the Steelers look just fine to me as we're watching in real yeah. time. They're gonna yeah. be. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. Um, college football. Let's start with the Florida kid. Oof. Throwing that shoe. Um, what did you think when you saw it? Had you ever seen anything like that? No, not. I mean, in that circumstance right there, like you're. Everything you do is working towards 
a national championship. You still have a shot at winning a national championship. That's what made it bad. And, you know, that it's, immaturity. It, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to pile on the kid too much because one time I got a sack and I was in a slump and I got a sack and it was on Blaine Gabbert and I got his towel and I just threw it in the air. But that's way different, okay? Like, and I, I, I kind of buy the the emotional part of it. Like, yep. you know, like when you make a play, you throw whatever's in your hand. Like, okay, I, I don't know what the kid said after, but you know, the kid at at uh, Ole Miss last last year that peed on the fire hydrant, the stakes were much different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's brutal. I mean, it's brutal. And that kid at Ole Miss has had a nice little success story this year. No doubt about it. Is no this, doubt about it. Is this Florida kid got a chance at doing the same thing? Uh, he plays defense, so I always favor the offensive guys. Yeah, it's hard for him to have enough production to erase uh, that situation. And Ugh. also, he's going to have so many more eyeballs on him this week as they play the best offense in the country. Yeah, that doesn't help either. Just a no, weekend. I was gonna give him my Hollow Man award, but we'll probably we'll probably hold that. Um okay. and then who got fired this week? Uh Malzahn got fired. Malzahn, Lovey. Um what Lovey go ten and six or something? <laughs> no, the Illini did not uh <laughs> did not get there this year. I know. Um yeah, Malzahn, I'm missing one. Oh, uh, Butch Jones got hired at Arkansas State. Um, Auburn, which is just fascinating to me in every sense. Like, you know, you got to have a couple screws loose to, to be the rival of Alabama. Like you've, you've been tortured in the past. You, you, you know, you can't do things the same way as, as they did things. So, you know, you got a couple screws if you're Auburn. Um, but I I guess things just get real stale real fast down there. And, uh, you know, I, I always thought the uh, great uh, – always thought well of, of Coach Malzahn. Like, every time I went down there or whatever, we needed an interview. Super nice guy. Uh, you talk to people X's and O's wise, I think he's good. It's just – I mean, that is – you talk about a constant uphill battle, Chris, every day of the year. Like, th- that job is – Brutal. So in college football circles, is it not considered a great job? Oh, no, I think it's considered a great job. It's just you know you're always going to be compared to Roll Tide. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's – you're there's no denying. And down there, it is 365 days a year. Bama people are let them, letting Auburn people know we're better. I know. That's been what it's been like for a, a, a whole day now for Virginia fans. We lost the Commonwealth uh, Cup. But, you know, we're not a December Commonwealth Cup team. We're more of a Thanksgiving week Commonwealth Cup team. And it was just the COVID situation that totally threw us off this year. That's all right. We'll be right back. Asterisks. Yeah. Got asterisks. Total asterisks next to that Virginia Tech yep. win. So at Auburn, who do you like uh, to get that job? Well, I – we were talking about Bama, and you're going to be compared to him. There's one guy. Uh, when you talk about beating Alabama, Lane he beat Kiffin. him back-to-back years. His name's Hugh Freeze, and he's coaching at Liberty right <laughs> I now. I to see Lane Kiffin jump ship. <laughs> um, so I think I counted – There's in, in, in the SEC right now, I think there's four coaches that have beaten Saban, and now Malzahn's gone. Right. And Hugh Freeze – 
has two wins. Mm-hmm. He has two. He has double what what the amount of wins in the whole conference have against Saban. Okay, so Clemson was a five and a half point favorite over the Irish when they uh, when they first squared off. What feels like yep. a while ago in South Bend, back when there were actually people and they rushed the field and that sort of thing. There's not gonna be yeah. um, now they're what a touchdown plus favorite uh, in ten and, and a half. Ten and a half. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Is, are we just being invited here to bet the Irish? I mean, uh, I had I had I had Notre Dame money line the first time they played. I know Lawrence is back. I don't understand how much bet the kids set a record. For passing yards against Notre Dame, Notre Dame's been playing football for over a hundred years. Right, like I don't know how much better Lawrence is going to be uh, than Uyunglele was. Nice. So you stuck that landing easy. Uh, you just got to keep saying yeah, it. Uyunglele, yeah. I'm on Notre Dame, no doubt. All right, no we're, doubt. We're together on that. Uh, uh, I love the matchup up front, and I mean, you know, I mean, you played obviously in. in and the idea of the NFL where you're, you know, you're rematching your divisions and stuff like that. Guys up front know what happened the first time they played. That's and right. if they can't do anything about it, they're just going to give it to them even worse. I love so it. I think Notre Dame will keep Clemson off the field as much as possible uh, with that run game. I love Ian Book. I would love it if Ian Book's the one who ruins Clemson's oh, season. <laughs> that would be incredible. Holmes gets it away before the hit. What a catch! Just snags it out of the air, away from the defender, Kelsey. He knows that was brilliant, and he picks up 32. All right, so the big one in uh, in the NFL, Week 14, uh-huh. because uh, as boring as the slate was to me today, it was much more exciting than the college football slate. Kansas City, Miami, Chiefs clinch uh, the AFC West with that win. Mm-hmm. Are you coming away more or less impressed with who they are, and are you more or less impressed with who the Dolphins are coming away from that game? I'm more impressed with both teams. Yeah, me too. Uh, I thought, I mean, Mahomes started out as bad as he's started out that I can remember. And, you know, the two early picks, just not good decisions. Uh, you know, a, a, a little bit of bad luck with the, with the second one. Um, Ball's still a little high, though. Yeah, it's just not yeah. it's not him. For a guy that's thrown no. two, two picks, it's not often that a quarterback throws an interception and everybody at home knows which number pick that is on the year. Oh, yeah, and who yeah. the other two picks came against. That's usually yeah. a good sign for the quarterback. But who would have thought that we'd be looking at a hat trick? The second one was high, right? Yeah. Deflection. By yeah. the way, Byron Jones hadn't had a pick since October of uh, 17 or something, or 18. So off the schneid for him. But yeah, it was, it was a bad start, man. It, it, it How many was, career INTs do you have? I have one in preseason. Um, and it was That's a, it? it was a sweet pick, too. I was never a big play on the ball guy. You know how you look at these rookies, you know, like Chase Young picked up a fumble and ran for a touchdown. I, How about I, that? I would bet you I'm a better rusher than a lot of these playmakers, but they're better playmakers than me. You know, like I just was never a playmaker. Um, and we're going to talk about your boy Chase Young in a little bit and, and the Washington mm-hmm. football team because you were all over that game. Um, yeah, they, they the, the two picks were terrible. The fumbled snap, the retreating mm-hmm. sack for like 30 yards. It was like oh my these God. guys are in the matrix yeah. right now. And 
you know, it's it, it was also one of those adages too, Chris. You got to be up by more than you were if you're if you're the Dolphins. I think they'll be the first ones to tell you they needed to jump on them, you know, a lot higher, um, you know, faster when they got those mistakes that Kansas City made. But I'll tell you what, man, like I thought Miami had some crucial drops. I thought too his touch with some of his throws was incredible. Devontae Parker, a couple drops. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they came all the way back. I got, you know, I got to, you know, everybody's still out. I don't know about two. I don't know about two, man. He looked pretty good to me. He, and and the Chiefs matchup wise, defensively are a pain in the ass. And you know, I mean, Honey Badger's out there. It just feels like there's two of them sometimes. Um, he's all over the field. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. And Clark up front. And, um, with Joe, I mean, Jones a couple times, you know, beats a puller and and, and creates negative plays, and they don't even have a chance. So. I'm impressed with both teams. I don't know if Miami's going to make the playoffs, but uh, they could have used this one today. But I mean, they come all the way back, and then you, you got to love the field goal for the cover. You know, <laughs> you do. If you were on them, I stayed away from this game. <laughs> Listen, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm, I'm impressed with both teams. Um, you know, I'm I'm as impressed as I've been with Kansas City because you get you you, you turn the ball over four times. You're not supposed to boat race somebody, and they basically no. did the whole game. Uh, but still, the sleepwalking, that's why we keep saying Kansas City, four games in the playoffs, I don't love their chances. You see Pittsburgh, their ceiling and their floor are closer together than Kansas City's throughout a 60-minute ball game. So, you know, I, I just feel like this is dangerous for them. Austin Powers, they like to live dangerously. Uh, mm -hmm. And for the Dolphins, this is why people don't want to see them because they force turnovers every week, and this yes. is what they do. So, I mean, we talked about the bad start for the Chiefs early, uh, you know, and Gaskins, it's the worst time for him to be out with COVID. You just get him back. I think this is maybe Brutal. a different ball game. You talked about closing them out. That was my exact sentiment, okay? You have multiple opportunities if you're, if you're the Dolphins, okay? You miss a mm -hmm. field goal. You don't capitalize on a turnover early. Parker drop is huge. That's 14 nothing if he makes that play. That's the difference in, in this ballgame being super tight down the stretch. Uh, and before the half, this was one to a mistake. He takes a sack that kills the clock for them, and uh, they can't get points for the half. And then one of the big mistakes that I think Tua made, and I'm nitpicking here, but when you have a chance to, to go for the jugular, and yeah. Kansas City heats you up, and because he's so good at looking downfield but feeling the pressure, he sidesteps the free runner, and he's got his man who's got maybe three steps on, uh, I forget who it was back in the secondary for Kansas City, and the guy's got to come back to the ball. Those little differences. Now, a great receiver probably makes that catch, but instead yeah. it's a pick. And you know, just putting in that situation where the honey badger can come up with that ball in some situation is what you have to avoid if you're him. And I think these are the learning experiences. But he came right out in the second half and was slinging that ball around. I love one of the things I love about Tua is he responds. You can tell this yeah. quickly in his career that he's very responsive. He took mm -hmm. a hit earlier. They had to wrap his ankle up. You know, he 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 came out in the second and was slinging the ball around. And they had those two touchdown drives late. Too little, too late, yeah. but it's building. They're building something. No doubt. And and had I they and had they jumped them like uh, say, if they'd actually jumped them like they did the Rams, maybe this game is different. But it just goes. Yeah, to you show. go up three scores early on. You never know what's going to happen. The way Mahomes was throwing it around. You like your you know? chances better 
up three scores against them than you would if you were the Houston Texans in the playoffs because your defense is built for that. But you know, Hardman murdered the murdered the uh, the under. You know, <laughs> I was talking about I had the under and Hardman. You know, they come out four plays uh, touchdown uh, right out of the gates. Then Hardman. Uh, on the punt return, it was like before you can blink. That's why they're like the Warriors, man. No, no lead is safe, and yep. you could have used those two points in the safety. So that's another mistake that they made. So I mean, like Miami's. We've said this. They're ahead of schedule. They're exciting. They're a team that nobody wants to slide in, but they're just they weren't quite ready today. And I bet you that Brian Flores got in there in the in the locker room afterward and said, "Guys, listen, I'm proud of you, but you and I both know we we can beat these guys." And mm-hmm. and you know and and and. By the way, I just I just want to say this because it was kind of garbage time, but the Xavier Howard pick was oh. unbelievable. That one in the one by Moore for the Colts today, though. I mean, those are incredible. The kid May for the yes, Jets has the, unbelievable. That's the best three picks you'll see on a Sunday, and and they all oh. happen within a couple hours of each other. And I, I don't know which one you like back best. I thought the Moore kid two weeks in a row. Yeah, uh, he took the ball off somebody last week on the ground. That yeah. was one of the most amazing interceptions. And again in the end zone today, and, and the Colts just drugged the, the Raiders, so I think I have a feeling I know who the Raiders are now in December. They just fired their defense coordinator, too. That would be a start. I hate seeing people get fired, but, the you know, it's, um, you know. They, Old Rod Marinelli is going to take over. I like Rod Marinelli a lot. You know, one thing about Rod Marinelli is guys play fucking hard. Absolutely. Listen, Rod Marinelli in Dallas, he had those guys humming. He had them humming. And, you know, at least you know what you're going to get out of him, and that's effort, balls to the wall. Um, by the way, Kansas City, again, really dynamic, closing the game out. Fourth and one, up six with two minutes left. They did the sprint right option, and they did the same thing to ice the game against Tampa a few weeks ago. They're just, yep. even in four-minute mode, they're so creative. Uh, they're like uh, a cheat. They're like a cheat. I will say there was a, a good game for tight end porn. Uh, Kelsey, incredible. And I got to keep an eye on the Gusecki interview, uh, injury. That did not look good. Uh, that looked like he separated his shoulder, uh, late in that game. So that's was, when, when he first went down, I thought it was head or neck. And then, yeah, I know. But then they, I mean, you saw how they were old, you know, like they almost popped it back in and he was holding his, you know, arm like that. I'm, you know, usually it's that or a sling right away, but, uh, that that's not good. Cause you saw, I mean, Look at the red zone targets, and you see how much Tua thinks of Gusecki. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare, man. And Absolutely. the best thing about him is how how high he could go up and get balls. And Tua gives him a, such a good chance uh, down in the in the red zone in the end zone that he you know two two scores again today. Did you think he'd be well, this good watching him? I uh, did. I, did. I, yeah. I actually got to see him play in person uh, the year he was on the Penn State uh, Rose Bowl team at, at the Big Ten title game. He showed me some things. T.J. Watt was on the other team uh, for Wisconsin, but uh, Kaseki's super athletic, man. Yeah, I, I bet you he could do. Some sh- I bet you could do some shit on a basketball court. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Much like you and I. First snap in Vikings territory for Tampa Bay. Brady all day downfield. Touchdown, Scotty Miller. So the other game that I had on my uh, number two TV in the bullpen today was uh, on the early slate was Bucks Vikings. I was so interested to see because, listen, we know the talk about the Bucks. It's been swirling all year. Pre-snap motion, Brady's control of the offense, run game. Uh, agree with all those things, and then the deep ball because coming in, you know, Brady's doing the worst he's ever done throwing the ball deep. 
Uh, and this was the week to fix it because the Vikings have been abhorrent giving up deep passes. So I thought this would be a big day for them. Eric Kendricks was out. You thought it would be a big day for Gronk. It pretty much was. But the main thing I wanted to see was, I think we've beaten this Bill and Tom. Let's decide who was the straw that stirred the drink up there by just one year of football. Totally imperfect sample size. One place I know Tom wishes he was still in New England was during a bye week because they get so much out of their buys. And this is such a pivotal bye week for them. And I thought coming out, uh, although I'll give them an incomplete grade, there were some positives. Uh-huh. Yeah, what do you think when, when, you, when, you, when you watch Tom today? Do you think he answered any of the questions coming in? I loved what I saw when they took the shot. I, 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 I said to myself when he hit the long touchdown in the Scotty Miller ball game, because the right there, they got Minnesota out of sorts. Know they could go over the top with them. We know how Arians always has those shot plays early. You know, yeah. I like to see him early in the game, but he always has them in his arsenal. Uh, I just thought that's Tampa today is what people expected to see. And Brady was able to make his, you know, all the throws. They had plenty of toys to play with on offense. Uh, Minnesota was was really disappointing to me in this situation. I know the kicker um, was was the problem, but that's, I mean, you know, in this league, it's field goals or touchdowns. Well, especially, when, settle, especially when you knew it coming in. I believe me, I was one of the few people that was watching that Jacksonville game uh, last week, and yeah. Bailey had a day from hell. I didn't think it'd get any worse. And today was awful. Here's the deal. For me, I, I kind of had the same feeling with you. They just needed to hit that one play. I feel like yep. every time you watch the Bucks this year, there's a lot of situations where they seem tight early. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the Saints game was one. Uh, there's been a number of other games like, like uh, Kansas City a few weeks ago in big spots, and this felt like a big spot, although the Minnesota Vikings are not a contender-type team. They, they struggled early. I mean, there was at one point early in the second, they were 13 to 1 first downs, Minnesota was. Uh, they outgained the Bucks 6 to 1, and time possession was like two minutes to like 13 at, at one point early in the second quarter. The Bucks had not run a play in Vikings territory at the, mm-hmm. at the time that they took that shot. And if you remember, it felt like this third and four is huge. Now, yeah. now Tom. Instead of just going for the easy dink and dunk and getting the confidence back, hit Scotty Miller, who they've thrown the ball to like two times the last three weeks. So that was big. It was huge for confidence. And then from there, they rolled. I mean, they really did. And, and, and there were a few big plays by, uh, by the Bucks as well I wanted to highlight. I mean, Sue's sack was huge because yep. they're in the red zone. And by the way, 98 caused that. Uh, they're in the red zone, and that forces Dan Bailey to, uh, to kick, and we know what happened from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, uh, that set up the Scotty Miller throw. Uh, they forced another field goal because 24 made a big play at the sticks. Uh, again, forcing a kicking situation, 54 yards. I think Zimmer could have coached a little bit differently in those situations, knowing, hey, we got a guy we can't trust uh, kicking the football. But he didn't. So that, the Sousak, the third and four play, Tom dropping his nuts in the wheelbarrow like, Steel, like Stan's dad. I mean, that was, that was huge. And, and those are the little sequences that made this game get out of hand and then allowed that pass rush for Tampa to eat. Yeah. I, uh, Pierre Paul's had a great year this year, too. He feels like he is just a, a, takes his game to another level in these uh, big spots and always around the ball in a big, in a big time, um, you know, third down, money down situations. Oh, yeah. He seems like he's always 
around the ball. Uh, a la our, our guy Brockers the other night for the Rams. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. He he showed up big and and uh, Brock. I just said this on the last pod. I feel like when people look back at his tenure on the Rams, um, there were some guys. You know, Fletcher Cox was that same draft. Um, mm-hmm. He's never been the flashiest sack number guy, but he's a hell of a football player and a captain and a guy that's been a decade mainstay in that uniform. So I think they'll look back and say, man, we got a lot out of that kid. Uh, and he's grown into you know a leader on that team, which is wild to me. As far as JPP is concerned, the thing that I think is crazy about that is we, I, I kind of feel like we wrote him off a couple times. We wrote him off first because we thought that, you know, that New York run was maybe that 15 and a half sack year, that DPOY type year was like a, you know, a once in a lifetime thing for him. Yeah. I also thought obviously with the accident that people were like, this guy can't pass rush with one hand. This yeah. dude has had a Hall of Fame level career. Bro, I mean, he's, he, he stands out week and week and week, every week. Yep. Uh, he's in, you know, I, uh, we actually had a conversation today, the defensive rookie of the year, obviously, obviously with Chase Young just going all out today, but he can't the win. kid he's Winfield. Win. Yeah, Winfield's had a bigger impact. Than Winfield, I mean, another 12 tackles today. And I think he had a pick. Listen, the win, um, the Winfield thing was huge because, and by the way, we talk about heating up Kirk when he's trying to come back from a 23-6 deficit. This is why you have your pass rush. Well, I'll talk yep. about how we're going to heat uh, heat uh, Cousins up, you know, and blitz and blitz and Bowles is going to be after him. Five of those six sacks came on four man rush. So a lot mm-hmm. of times when you're when you have a really good four man rush group like that, this has been my problem with Baltimore. Sometimes is like Tampa. I know that at the drop of a hat they can rush with four. Yeah, you know, teams that blitz a lot sometimes they get out of their their rhythm rushing, mm-hmm. and these guys rush really well up front. And honestly. It was the the surgical, tactical nature of when they brought their blitzes in the Winfield sack late, which again, you know, they're down, I, I think, two scores, but they have a chance to go in and make it a ball game. And instead, they don't give the, the ball to Dalvin Cook once in goal-to-go situation and then drop back and Winfield uh, knocks the ball, I guess, out of uh, Kirk Cousins' hands. And yes. that, made, that made a big difference. So Winfield's been awesome. I would agree with you. He deserves to be in uh, Rookie of the Year, defensive Rookie of the Year contention for sure. I also just look at, I mean, Tampa Bay's secondary, holding Thielen to three catches. Justin Jefferson, you talk about Rookie of the Year, offensive Rookie of the Year most likely. Uh, but Thielen and Jefferson combined for seven catches. Yeah. That's a hell of a job, man. Yeah, that's absolutely. a really, really good job by Todd Bowles, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, love what love what he does I wanna, as a DC. I, I want to peek ahead here and look at the uh, because it's all about the playoffs. It doesn't matter how they're going to get there. Uh, the Bucks. I mean, this experiment was supposed to be a work in progress. Anybody that knew that knew they weren't going to win the division. They're tracking right where I think you know. I think we had them eleven and five here. Um, they're tracking right for that, for all the disappointment and the dysfunction that we've that we've painted and the growing pains, and they'll continue. Right now, they'd play the Rams, who they've already lost to. They'd be the sixth seed, and they'd play the Rams. It would be a tough matchup, but it's hard to beat the Bucks twice uh, unless you're the Saints. <laughs> I think they have a great chance at making a run uh, in the playoffs, especially because the team that's beaten them twice now, they don't know what's going on, and we'll get to them in a second at the quarterback position because there's no foregone conclusion that Drew comes back looking – you know, like gangbusters with eleven broken ribs and a and a punctured lung oh, or whatever it was, yeah. and and we obviously see the ceiling on Taysom Hill's play. We can get to that in a second, but yep. for, I want to give credit where credits due. I got the Eagles and the Saints coming to you guys uh, in a moment, but 
Let's talk about the the good team, the really good team in the NFC East, the one on top of the division, and the red-hot NFC East because it's 3-1 today, the Washington yeah. football team, and you watched those guys today. I had one eye on it. Talk to me about what you saw. Dominance, Chris. I mean, dominance up front. Um, Chase Young made the splash plays today. Obviously, the fumble recovery everybody's seen. But on the other side, Montez Sweat, man, like he is the arms and how long he is and how he gets into people. I mean, they are constant, never stopping. Uh, they rotate the other guy. I mean, we're talking – our guy Kerrigan's the fifth wheeler. Which Ryan yeah. Kerrigan's a fifth wheel. Yeah, it's That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, and, you know, Alex gets hurt, didn't look great early on. Uh, Niners did a really good job jumping on them. Turnovers uh, were, were an issue. Alex gets the calf, and Haskins comes in and doesn't fuck it up. Yeah. And he tried a couple times, but he did it. They ran the ball a lot and got some uh, big first downs, um, you know, when they needed to run in the football. And obviously, this was the first game without uh, Gibson. McKissick did a really good job. Barber runs hard as hell. Um, so, you know, you got um, Logan yeah, Thomas. Logan Thomas. He's been awesome at tight end. Like he's he's been. I mean, there's a role for that guy now. And I know Alex loved throwing him the ball, but I, Haskins hit him, um, you know, late in the game too. But the Niners are they're limited, you know. I mean, and, and but they still they're you know you know they're going to play their asses off yeah. because Shanahan still hates Washington for what they did to him and what they did to his father. So um, I was I was a little bit surprised that he didn't go to Bethard. Uh, cause Mullins, I mean, he, he's in there for Mullins. I, I, I always thought Bethard is better than Mullins, but I have, I mean, I've, I've, I've always thought that too. Uh, but at the same time, Mullins has had a couple really high end streaky moments, you know, like no doubt. where, where and, maybe, um, that, maybe that's tantalizing, but they're, they're moving on at quarterback next year. I mean, it's yeah. easy to get out of that Jimmy contract. Um, and they'll be moving on, but I don't think the quarterback of the future is in the building in San Francisco. Now I will say this. I'm so glad you said that about Montez Sweat because, oh. man, the, from what I can tell, Chase Young seems like a great kid, and he plays mm-hmm. his ass off, and he is obviously the sky is the limit for him. Um, you know, I think people thought immediately he'd have 12 sacks, you know, like that he was a Julius Peppers-type talent. I mean, there was a lot of names getting thrown around. It's hard to come in and rush in the NFL. It really is, especially on a team that doesn't have leads. And they're not some offensive juggernaut. What they have is five guys that play their asses off. And I should say eight guys, because that's the type of rotation they have. But Montez Sweat is the one. And it's funny the way we give credit to defensive linemen for all the shit that really is not that hard to do. You know, I heard all day Chase Young had the biggest, most monstrous game he had a forced fumble, a touchdown, um, and a sack. The trifecta, right? I go uh-huh. to look. What you got to do to pick up a forced fumble and take it to the house is be fast. Okay, I said never do that. I'm just, the sack, I believe, was a bit of a gimme. He was in coverage. He was still an athletic play. And yep. the forced fumble, he's unblocked. What he does do is play his ass off. He's relentless, and he makes plays that we don't praise. So it's funny he deserves those freebies, and Montez Sweat deserves credit for setting up plays for other people, and that's the way, you know, Jonathan Jonathan Allen, the whole group, 
Um, they 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 Ron work pain. pain. They work off each other, and that's what I yep. love. And today, Chase Young was the benefactor, but they all work together. And I, I guess what I mean to say is. When you're watching defensive line play, don't be a stat watcher. Go watch the way these guys play down in and down out. Um, and I, I don't think enough people do that with Washington. They just follow the football. Um, and there's a reason somebody pulled him up so that Chase could come from behind and strip the football on that uh, on that short yardage play. There's a reason, you know, in coverage or in the rush that Chase can come from the second level and make that sack. I'm going to enjoy watching these guys play for a long time because they play with effort and they play physical. And again, Chase Young seems like a great kid. I will say this. I, I was I was not high on Scott Turner uh, and that hire. He's done a really nice job. You know, for all the pieces that have been all over the place uh, throughout the season, they found a way to stabilize at different spots. And I think the Gibson loss I thought was, was going to be fatal for them. But they found a way to mm. win a football game today. No, great job. Um, all across the board. Uh, missed an early field goal, too. But also, too, John Bostick's been great for them. He led them in tackles today mm -hmm. uh, with 10. But he's just been really good. And on the other side... Did he have a nice day, Kinlaw? Liked what I saw from him, yeah. Well, at least the Eagles won. And that's... Um... Whew, how about that, huh? Listen, okay, th these teams, it's funny. They're in a mirror image situation. Neither of them know what they really want to do at quarterback. Both of them are criminally over the cap next year. Saints are north of 90 over the cap. Mm -hmm. Eagles are way up there as well. Now, one team's going to get relief from a possibly retiring quarterback. One is not. Uh, one yeah. cannot move their franchise quarterback if they wanted to, it seems like. You've got Jalen Hurts. He looked good today. They didn't ask him to do a ton, but when he was asked to do, to his credit, he did what he was asked to do, um, and he got the win. Chris, he, didn't, he didn't get sacked. He didn't get sacked. He didn't and, get sacked. And, That's and, all you need to know. And no, and 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 they did a great job. And one guy who did a great job is Jeff Stoutland. And Connecticut product. Yeah, love Jeff Stoutland. He's one of the best offensive line coaches you've got out there. Um, and Lord knows he's had to deal with more personnel fluctuation. Yeah. But they moved him. They got the run game going. When, when he had to make throws, he made them. He missed maybe one big chunk play. Um, he, he threw one or two errant balls. He threw some nice outs. Um, and the throw to Alshon Jeffrey was beautiful, okay? To be fair. But I didn't see enough today to tell me this is the quarterback of the future. I like the kid. I like his poise. I like his attitude. He no. obviously gives him a spark. But if you got a chance to have Jalen Hurts – or Taysom Hill as the quarterback of the future, it's an easy decision for me. Okay. Where are you going? Me? Yeah. Between those two? Yeah, between those two. Option C. <laughs> I, I got Jalen Hurts, man. And I, believe me, I'm not overreacting. Me too. The, me too. Because there's a ton of people in Philly right now who are like, see, you know, I got tweets that were like, uh, the team wanted to play for him more. See, the team hates Carson, et cetera, et cetera. The Saints hadn't given up a hundred yard rusher in fifty games. They gave up two of them today. One mm. one from the quarterback, uh, and and one from Miles Sanders that came uh eighty two of those yards came in one play. Yeah. So I guess if I'm the Saints, this could cost them. They're 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 currently Green Bay has the tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, and they still yeah, they beat them in New, in New Orleans. Exactly. On Sunday night football, which to me was the best Sunday night football game, uh, at least in actuality until tonight's game, which is turning out to be extremely boring and tragic 
<laughs> as as it goes. Um, but but I I think you look at I, I think you look at the Saints and they're not in as good a position as we thought they were a week or two ago. I knew that eventually this experiment would have its its bumps in the road. I think most people did, but we weren't being realistic enough about the fact that in the NFL, look how crazy things are week to week. These guys found themselves down 17 nothing to a three-win football team. Okay? Objectively not a good football team. Uh-huh. What do you do then? What do you do then? Taysom Hill didn't start moving the ball until three dudes in the Eagles secondary uh, went out with injuries. Now, I think Taysom Hill is a terrific football player, and I respect the... Keywords, football player. That's then I'm careful with my words. Yeah. And I am careful with my words, and I, I think I hope he plays a long time because, you know, him and Sean, and also, Sean's a wizard. They're, they're, congratulations to them for stealing three, four, three wins. But, yeah. you know, it's... This is going to happen, and that's why I don't buy the quarterback of the future thing in, in New Orleans. I, I don't think Sean deep down buys that unless no. unless the cap, as we mentioned before, is so fucked up that they're just going to play Army football next year. That's it. I just, I just can't imagine how much they do not trust Jameis for him not to get any snaps. It's crazy to me. I think Sean Payton is bored. I think sometimes he's like, I want to see how creative I can get and how great I am at coaching football. And he is. But I just don't think this is sustainable. Um, They've got the Chiefs this week. Figure Drew's going to come back. Um, I don't know. They're reevaluating on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Well, let me tell you something. If they go out and beat the Chiefs with Taysom Hill, I'm going to be really impressed. No chance. Really impressive. No chance. Do you think New Orleans can go to the Super Bowl without home field? Do they have Drew? Yes. Where do they have to play? That's the question. Because at Green Bay. Okay, so that that's they can beat the Packers. They're going to have to be physical, but they can beat the Packers. Uh, when it comes to the Saints, if you're looking at the the playoff uh, picture right now, let's check this out. They'd host the Cardinals at this point, Wild Card Weekend. Good for the Cardinals to get back on the board today. Yeah, and 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 Kyler looked healthy. Yes, I mean, he's running more. He pulled the ball down. Drake uh, had a good day. Yep. Although Danny Dimes did not. Danny Dimes. I mean, right off the bat here, if Danny Dimes was incapable of turning the football over, I would be in love with the dude. Uh, I think there's so much potential there. I really do. You do. I do. I I actually do, but he's a turnover machine, and that's why. Yeah. And that's why you just. Yeah. That's why you just can't do it. Your team is not good enough, and even good teams, you know, the better the team is, actually the lower the threshold for dealing with that shit is. So I. Yep. The one thing that the Giants did the past month is they haven't turned the ball over. They've taken the ball away. I think mm-hmm. ten takeaways and two giveaways. The minute they got back in there, they're knocking at the door to score. And Golden, who was just in New York, and Steve Kime and them went and got him back. You know, it, it just became so apparent the way that the Giants are going to have to win football games if they want to do this down the stretch is to take care of the football. And if Colt McCoy is the better option, Colt McCoy is the better option because there's just you can't win with that. You're not good enough. No. No chance. So who do you got winning the East then? Washington. Okay. All right. I like- Huge one with Seattle next week. That will be fun. I, I, that D line against Russell Wilson. That's going to be really interesting. That's the perfect type of game Seattle could look awful in. 
Yes. You, you knew they were going to get well today. They could look awful next week. And Washington is well coached. I will say this. I think Doug did a nice job today. Uh, save, yeah. save for the sneak on fourth and one. I really like that. Uh, and a couple other plays there. But he got he got Jalen in rhythm yep. right out of the gate. I mean, they had like Bootlegs, a... legs, all that kind of stuff where he's going, you know, he's he has a choice. He's, you know, always, he had him rolling to his right a lot where yep. he's better, obviously, throwing. Yep. Um, no, he dug... I just feel like sometimes maybe he outsmarts himself. Well, if I had to float a theory, one, it would be that Carson, this year's Carson, it would have been hard for anybody to to salvage the state he was uh-huh. in with the personnel he, the, the, that's around him. And again, we both know that this is framed by awful, awful personnel. If the personnel isn't awful, yeah. we're not at this juncture. I believe that. But we are, and Carson did not – he played horribly this year, so I've never had a problem with the benching. But I think part of it is we get a new kid in, we're going to run the football, we're going to make things easy, and sometimes keep it simple is the way to go. I mean, simplify, simplify. And, you know, a lot of those throws, especially early in the game, they went on like a 40 yard drive in the beginning of the game. That was like Mm -hmm. 17 plays. They were averaging like three yards a play, but all they were doing was getting his feet wet. And then the next drive, they take a couple shots and you Mm -hmm. see maybe the shots are there. We can get a little bit looser with the play calling. And, you know, like he Jalen gets a coach out of trouble, too. You know, where Carson was sitting back there and he's pressing because he knows what he has to do to regain the trust of the city and the organization. He's trying to make big plays. And Jalen's out there trying to win a football game. You know, for Jalen to win that football game 10 7, he's a hero. He won it 24 21. Uh, So, a nice day for that offense. There was an Alshon Jeffrey sighting, Miles Sanders. They remembered he was their best player. Um, (laughs) Ertz, not a lot of targets. Uh, And a big shout out to Sweaty J, Josh Sweat, who I'm just telling you, had he never hurt his his leg, I mean, this kid's an easy top five pick. One of the most talented, twitchy people I've ever been around. Um, wow. And if he can kind of figure this thing out, he's going to play a long time. And if he can stay healthy, he had two sacks today. And an absolutely clutch sack on fourth and one in midfield that set up the, go- the touchdown that made it a two-score game. I mean, that's the type of play that you need your playmakers to make in December. And that's what he did. And he's a young kid. Derek Barnett showed up too and made some plays. Derek Barnett's been really clutch. That defense deserves a lot of credit. And um, and again, they'll get the Cardinals next week. I don't think it'll actually be as easy as playing Taysom Hill and the Saints because the problem is if you're Jalen Hurts, you could run in the same problem that Taysom Hill ran into today. What happens if the Cardinals jump out? Because Kyler Murray looked like a different guy than he did last week or the year, the week before. So, um, again, I feel better about Jalen Hurts as the quarterback of the future than I do Taysom, but I do not. I am not, after one game, going to concede that I know who the quarterback is in the future for Philly. Just not doing it. And we don't okay. know. We don't know in New Orleans either. So, how about Mitch? Before I let you go, Mitch is four and two on the year, huh? I look at the other side and say, "What about Houston?" I just they're awful. Too much talent on that team. Too much. And Mac uh, and Mac got off the snide too. That was nice. I saw some media types whispering that, you know, he was washed last week because he had an sack in five games. Uh his team's terrible and that happens. He also is coming off a run of DPOI level play for four years. Okay, the guy can have a correct. fucking down year. It I, I just don't get it. And Hassan Reddick. Nine, pre- nine pressures. Temple's own. Nine yeah. pressures. 
Five sacks, 22 rushes. That's a dream game. Dream game. So, shout out to some rushers today. Steve, anything else you saw today? How does TJ Watt always get to line up offsides and no one calls it? Uh, I'd have to look closer at that. Offensive linemen generally are the ones that get away with false starts repeatedly. They're always off early. Watch when his hand is down how many times it's on the line. He's royalty, bro. I understand that. I'm just asking why. Who's better, Watt or, or Watt in his prime? I like TJ a lot. I think, TJ, I think TJ down in and down out. Yeah? I do. I think down in and down okay. out, yeah. I, I think I think maybe JJ was more... I, he, is this, is TJ's got himself so much better, man. It's amazing. Is that a ridiculous question? No. If this is TJ Watt's prime, give me JJ's best year and TJ's best year. I know some people are going to say, well, JJ had 20 sacks and that sort of thing. Yeah. TJ just affects the game in so many ways. So many ways. Okay. I know you'll tell me that JJ had PBUs and that's great, um, but I'm talking about just everything TJ does and I have recency bias. Exactly. That's that that that's a huge factor when you talk about that that uh argument. No doubt about it. No doubt. All right, man. Well uh, pray for the Steelers and uh you have a wonderful week. We'll see you next weekend. Careful, so let's get snow Wednesday. I'm excited. I'm, I'm Amazon Prime and all types of sleds and stuff. You are. Yeah. I'm gonna get all after right. it. Be safe, bud. All right, what do you say we finish with some superlatives, huh? Shout out to Macon. Oh, big shout out to Megan. He's sleeping soundly in his in his race car bed right now with his PJs and his chamomile tea. It's after midnight, so there's no chance he's awake. And he won the uh, he won the uh, Sunday slate pick'em this week. So congratulations, Megan. Best plane ride. Best plane ride. I'm gonna go with the Colts. Um, you know, I've you take away that Tennessee loss second half, although you can't take away that Tennessee loss. It's just not how it works. But I will take the fact that they played each other twice. It didn't look like that twice. I think the Colts just hit a wall, and they didn't have Buckner, uh, and they didn't have Autry. I think they're better than what they showed that second game. I think the Colts have a little bit of sleeper in them in the playoffs. Uh, a little bit of sleeper. I keep calling them a, a team that's just going to be around. I mean, like, not spectacular, but they're a different team with T.Y. Hilton playing well and with Pittman emerging. They had a dominant performance today in Vegas. I think the Raiders just hit a wall. They, they were fresh off that, you know, that win against the Jets, which unfortunately felt like a bit of a Super Bowl. And two East Coast trips in a row. The Colts come into town. They're a physical football team. They're a good football team. And the Raiders, who aren't quite ready yet, they have some changes to make defensively. Those changes are already underway, um, as me and Steve just talked about. They just weren't up to the task. And the Colts get on a plane. They head back home. They are a playoff team, essentially, at this point in the season, and they've got chances to prove themselves as being a real problem in the playoffs over the next couple weeks. Uh, They could finish real strong here. They could beat the Steelers. Uh, That's their only road game left. They're going to be at home against two teams that have no business even playing football at this juncture in the season. I think they get the Texans and the Jaguars uh, and sandwiched in the middle. There is the Steelers game on the road. So that's not a long trip for them. Steelers are wounded. I think they match up fine against them. And you got to feel good about where you are because they're starting to, I mean, I heard some, th- some things on the broadcast where 
if you talk to Frank Reich, he feels like Phil started to turn the corner and get back in gear with him like three quarters of the way through the season. Remember, they've been together before, but it's not like you just pick up right off where you started. Um, I think the Colts could be a problem in the playoffs. Um, and listen, the Raiders, the defense is bad. Um, so bad, Damian Lillard tweeted that they have the worst defense in the NFL. Damian Lillard is a, uh, is a Raiders fan. I had actually suggested last week that Damian Lillard look for a side team. I think he's it's the perfect perfect situation. If you're in the market for a side team, look at a team like the Miami Dolphins. Great side team. Reliable, bright future, good defense. You know, you could visit your side team, watch their defense a little bit, make you feel better. Go back to watching your Raiders. You can have two teams. I have a side team in basketball. It happens to be the Blazers. Long-suffering Knicks fan. Washington had a great plane ride too. Uh, and what a great team win by them. I'm going to do a likability um, index coming into the playoffs here. Washington has got to be up there, right? They got to be up there. What a feel-good story. What a great team win. Looked like they were playing in London. That was bizarre. The, the grass even looked fucked up like it's London. And Arizona has great grass. You know, you know in Arizona, fans, you, you know this probably, but they, they actually grow the grass outside and like we, they wheel it in. I've always been told that. Could be a total lie. But they have pristine grass this time of year. And it looked kind of bad today. And with the logo in the middle, the uh, kind of ambiguous NFL, the shield right in the middle, it was like, where the fuck are these guys playing? So big, big week for Washington, and quite frankly, I feel bad for the Niners. Like I've, I've kind of counted them out since the beginning. The attrition's too much. The Steelers, worst flight, worst flight, short flight. They might already be on the plane, and they're they're probably getting ready to land in in Pittsburgh uh, in a little while. But actually, with a short flight, it can be worse because you're like tantalizing close to home but it always takes so long after the game to get to the bus, to load all the equipment. You get to the plane, you sit there for like an hour. In the time, now I don't know how long the drive is from uh, Pittsburgh to uh, Buffalo. It's probably a ways. But it probably doesn't net out too much different. And when you're dealing with like a late night short flight like that, you're like, man, I wish I could just get in a fucking Uber and fall asleep. Like I'll call an Uber and drive to Pittsburgh. Actually, I don't think it's close at all. Let me look on a map. New York map. Oh my God, it's a three and a half hour drive? Holy shit, that makes this plane ride way worse. Way worse. It's going to take three and a half hours to get on the plane and take off. It is unbelievable how long it takes to get on a plane in the NFL. And like they're like, oh, we're waiting on the trucks. Maybe they bust the equipment separately to speed up the situation after the game. This absolutely sucks. You want to know why it sucks? This is a terrible plane ride. It sucks because they flew in this morning and they're coming off their second short week in a row. They flew in this morning, same day flight. Hate that. Hate it. I'd rather bust three and a half hours than I would fly one hour. I'm telling you, this sucks. And it was like snowing at the beginning of the game. Shit probably comes back. Flight's probably super turbulent. Ugh, hate that. Deontay Johnson got like benched for a while. 
Your offense is shot. The run game couldn't get going. Ugh. I guess the only thing for the the Steelers that there's a saving grace that might lead me to believe they'll be better is that that short week thing. I think they got in the short end of the schedule stick a lot this year, okay? The COVID stuff, they were the team that was getting jacked around nonstop. And that can really mess with the team's kind of flow. I'm not going to put that on travel. I'm not going to put that performance on short week. They are who they are at this point. They've got a chance to reinvent themselves a little bit over the next month, but it's really hard to do both, like try to win football games and do different things in December. That's going to be a challenge for them. I think one of the biggest challenges for them down the stretch is not only winning football games, but trying to reinvent themselves in ways that their little deficiencies are hidden. Um, Maybe on Wednesday I'll talk about a little bit more about what they could do to do that. Worst flight, Pittsburgh Steelers. Hollow man. So what's it like being a ghost? Ghosts are dead. I'm very much alive. Uh man, we gave it to Kid from Florida. I gave it to I gave it out to the kid from Florida right there in the um in the Stanford Steve uh segment there. When I saw that I was I was crushed for the kid. Cause I mean, yeah, it's dumb. It's really dumb. Young people do dumb things. And also, when you make a play, like at night in a big game, your brain just is, it's, it's very fickle. It just does things. Your brain makes your body do things after you make a big play. That guy's brain made his body throw, you know, a size eight and a half Nike cleat 45 feet in the air. I, I don't even know if he knew he had a cleat in his hand. I haven't seen the post-game quotes. I'm almost like, it's one of those things like I don't want to see the post-game quotes. I feel bad for the kid. Like literally cost him. But if there's any year to cost your team the playoff, it's this year. It's like COVID playoffs. Yeah, Hollow Man, I'll, I'll go ahead and give that one to the kid from Florida. He's a shoe in You like that, huh? I actually didn't, I didn't plan that. Uh, viewing party. I'll go Army Navy. Okay. Like I watched it on TV, but I would love to go see Army Navy one year. It's always in Philly. This year, uh, it was, where was it? At West Point. My only regret watching that game, I feel like it's always overcast watching that game. It's like they, they, they dial the weather up. I guess wouldn't put the, put it past the military to be able to control the weather. Yeah, it was foggy as fuck. And they didn't think for a second about like delaying or canceling that game. When I watched like Oregon, Oregon State earlier this year, they were like, I wonder how long they can play. And there was like another game that was super foggy this year. And they were like, if you are the troops, like you're like, nah, fog is not going to stop us from playing football. Like we're the troops, bro. And it's always really cool to see everybody out there in the stands. And then like, this year, there's no fans in the stands. I, I suppose West Point is absolutely quarantined. It's its own bubble. So it was like safe to have everybody out there. But all the cadets and stuff, it's just, it's a perfectly grayscale football game. The overcast, the outfits in the stands, the uniforms. I mean, there's like that olive drab is so cool, man. I love those army uniforms. I thought they crushed it with those. The helmets are awesome. From the from the shoulder up, 
Those might have been, it was a left shoulder for me. It had the dog on the side. Those some of the coolest uniforms I've ever seen. Uh, Navy, I didn't love the uniforms, but I know what they're going for there. And I support the troops, okay? Um, but I'd love to go to that game. I would love to go to the game. What a cool atmosphere. Um, and I'd love to know like what went into, what goes into that game every year. Like what, what's the, what's the, the back and forth between, you know, a Navy man and an army man that week, you know, like what's the shit talk like, what's the shit talk on the field? Like what's playing football for army or for Navy? Like what, how challenging is that? We talked to my buddy, Jason Van Camp, uh, who's a green beret and he played at army man what an undertaking that is i would love to see the game i i wish i wish i wish i could have been at one in my first 35 years i'll try to get to a few uh in my next 35 years frank gore memorial award presented to you by the st louis rams i'm gonna go mitchell trubisky here shout out to mitchell trubisky four and two on the year is that what he is QB wins, man. Three touchdowns. Uh, wasn't the only embattled quarterback to have a nice day. I mean, nobody was watching that Bears game unless you lived in Chicago or you're a glutton for punishment and you know you, you, you like seeing one of the best quarterbacks in our game throwing to absolutely nobody, just getting crushed in the end zone by Khalil Mack. I'm happy for Mitch. I really am. He wasn't the only embattled QB to have a nice day, but it was a really, really big day for him because of the elephant in the room because of what Ryan Pace and, and those guys did or didn't do the day that they picked uh, Mitch Trubisky. It has nothing to do with Mitchell Trubisky. It's not a strike against his character, and it doesn't make him a worse football player than he is. It's just that they didn't draft Deshaun Watson. So I don't hold that against Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm glad he got a, a W. Nice day for him. Also, Andy Dalton got a win and a comeback, you know, or homecoming. I should say, uh, in Cincy, Dwayne Haskins comes in and makes a play or two uh, to secure that Washington win. It's, it's a weird year, man. It's a weird year. Uh, and finally, game ball. Let me give this bad boy to Hassan Reddick, Temple's own Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, I think he had seven and a half sacks on his career, his relatively young career coming into this football game. My man had five buckets. Five buckets. That is a dream. I laid in bed at night and thought about what it would feel like to have five buckets my entire career, and I never got them. Do you know how perfect things have to be for you to get three to five sacks in a game? I was lucky to get three enough times. Getting four, oh, rare air. To get five, how about getting five sacks on 22 rushes? Nine pressures on 22 rushes. Now that says something about the Giants O-line. Don't think, this in, don't think the Giants are off the hook here, but this is about Hassan Reddick. Unbelievable. Good for him. Seven and a half sacks coming in. Five today. It was funny. I saw him make a big sack at the end of the game, and he just kind of was like chill about it. And I didn't realize he had five. I would be maybe chill about it too if I had five sacks in a game. I'll always remember two, I mean obviously Derek Thomas went out and got like a bunch, but Derek Thomas was like a Hall of Famer, so if he had five sacks in a game, it was like, 
you know, Derek Thomas did it again. Um, I think he had more. I think he has the record, the single game record. Uh, but I'll never forget Antoine Odom, maybe my rookie year, my, my second year in the league, five sacks for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he was not, a, a, you know, a household name. So it was like this guy, oh my gosh, do you know what that does for you? That, that can get you paid. You get five sacks in a game, you get four the rest of the year, you got nine sacks on the season, like, you're getting paid. Adrian Claiborne, everybody remembers that game, well, a lot of people, because it happened against the Cowboys, where he went to work, he had like five sacks in the game. Adrian Claiborne had like, and Adrian Claiborne's had a really good career, man. Adrian Claiborne, mathematically, to have, at that point, I think he had like 30-something sacks, he had literally woke up one day with with 27 sacks or something, went to sleep that night with 33 sacks or 32 sacks, whatever it was. That's insane. It's crazy. You don't realize how hard you work for just one bucket. This dude had five. Good for him. And Khalil Mack back on the board today while I'm at it with the D-line and the pass rusher stuff. I heard people whispering about, is he washed? Oh, man. He hasn't had a sack in five weeks. Listen, my man's got 68 already. Uh, he's 29 years old. He has six and a half on a really bad team. Um, he changes the way people game plan for him. I'll look closer to see if he's, he's fallen off, but I can guarantee you he ain't fucking washed. He'll be back full force next year. I guarantee it. Book it. I mean, he might end up with, with double digits this year. A lot of times when you're slumping as a rusher, I talked about Byron Jones slumping earlier and getting his first pick in a couple years. When you get that first one, changes everything. Khalil Mack's got Minnesota, Jacksonville. My man is going to get some buckets the rest of the year. He might end up with 10. He had eight and a half last year. So I don't, like, listen, I'm just not here for the very reactive, like, oh, the sacks aren't there takes so yeah shout out to Khalil Mack with a late shout out but the game ball Hassan Reddick star of the day five sacks all right we'll see y'all on Wednesday uh with a mystery NBA star okay y'all take care